morning, good evening, good night, wherever or whoever you may be. I'm Alan Arante, and this is The Recluse Podcast. Today's guest is Alexandria Suzanne. She is 16 years old and has published her first book. The book is called The Book of Questions, a non-political survival journal to guide you through the second half of 2020. Alexandria's mother had the sense to encourage her daughter to accomplish something during the pandemic instead of just sitting on the couch, and she did. I had the privilege of receiving a copy of the book, and it really is, as the title suggests, it's a book of questions designed to be written in by the reader. It begins with a foreword written by Alexandria's grandmother, and what follows are thoughtful and reflective questions for each of the remaining days of 2020. In this conversation, we discuss the allegory of the cave by Plato and Socrates' decision to ingest the hemlock rather than escape his death sentence. We talk about American culture and the value of honesty as a means of simplifying one's life. Alexandria describes her quest for inner peace, and she is optimistic about her future. Her book is available on lulu.com. You can order through the link in her bio on Instagram. I will also link the book in the show notes. This girl, she's she's very special. She's very enlightened and thoughtful for her age. I, I haven't talked to many 16-year-olds that have her vocabulary and uh, thought process. I think she's going to do great things in her life. So without further delay, this is a portrait of Alexandria Suzanne. feel like to have I, I think I saw that you actually have some physical copies at home I saw a picture what does it feel like to hold a physical finished product oh that was the best feeling honestly because I was like okay you know it's my, I got my book done okay whatever like it's just a journal like I just wrote some questions or whatever but then like I'm seeing it and then I'm seeing the outcomes of it you know and it's just like like, wow, like, success <laughs> to me, at least in the measure of being 16, because, you know, I, I still have to go to school, all type of stuff like that. Success to me, honestly, personally, is just something that I have pushed myself to do, and I am proud of it. I'm proud of it. Like, because I'm a perfectionist. I really like everything to be solid, beautiful, perfect. <laughs> so if I'm proud of it, yeah, there, there's nothing else. So you said something interesting. You said that you you finished this and you're actually more motivated now. You it sounded like you weren't that motivated before, but now that you did this big project and you have this physical thing in your hands that you can look at, you're now starting and you probably were industrious before. I'm but it sounds like you just gained this uh strong motivation after finishing this first project. Are are you how are you different? From before you wrote the book to now? From before I wrote the book, I would say that I was more just like, oh, it's whatever. Like, because I, I grew up in isolation. I'm very used to being alone. So it's just, 
when it comes to people, like honestly, I, I, just working with people and being in business and stuff, I'm very not, I, I don't have a lot of knowledge when it comes to that. So I knew I was going to be very naive coming into anything like this. So I was just like, mm, like I just don't want to do it. Like I was just very, like before my book, I was just very like, I don't want to get into all this, you know. I have epilepsy. I'm going to be seasoned all the time. It's going to be stressful and stuff like that. Like, I, I felt like I didn't really have a, a grasp on it because I was very uneducated on these topics and just the industry in general, the business industry in general. And after I did my book, I was like, well, this is easy. I mean, working with people, you just talk like people are just people. Like the common denominator with everybody is that we're human. It's just that me, I don't know. I have very bad social anxiety. Mm. And, and your questions, um, a lot of them are very enlightened. And um, there there are a lot of questions related to self. They're, they're pretty much all questions related to self-growth and reflection. So you have questions in there about health and just human connection and educating yourself. Where did those questions come from? Did you just sit at your desk and kind of just put pen to paper? How did you come up with those questions? Honestly, yes. Like I really just thought about stuff that I learned in life. And I was like, okay, how can I project myself into this project? And I was like, I don't want to be biased because that's just not me as a person. Like I'm very opinionated. I'm not going to lie. I really am. But <laughs> I am very open-minded to other people I believe that people deserve to be listened to and that's why you know I, I decided to write a journal because you know people are going through it they need somewhere to place their feelings if it's not on to, because nobody likes people who don't know how to handle their feelings so they you know put place it onto other people like nobody has time for that <laughs> right so I was just like I was just you know write these questions down I, yeah, it really came off the dome. <laughs> <laughs> and were you afraid or did you have any worries or fears about what people might think about this book, what people might think about you? Um, you know, oh, she's just a 16-year-old girl. What could she possibly know? Did you have any anxieties about that? No. I've been You'd used to people like... Because I try so hard with a lot of just different stuff besides like business, honestly. So and people have been honestly my I'm I'm sorry. I'm trying to get my thoughts together. No, you're 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 doing okay. great. Yeah. Okay. When it comes to stuff that like I try to do that's good, a lot of people doubt it, they shame it. You know, it, it's been like that, honestly, my whole life I've been doubted and stuff like that and that's not an exaggeration it's just that when you deal with hurt people you know they're gonna hurt you right so I just got over it like honestly right now is the point in my life where I'm just getting so over people making me out to be this person that I'm not I'm a very good person and that's what I want to project when it comes to my work life that's what people are going to see they're going to see me as the good person that I am that's what I'm going to show people you know so I wasn't scared at all. I was just like, I mean, it's my first project. What can you say? Everybody started somewhere. You know, if you came from a wealthy family, that's you. But, you know, I came from rags. I have to I'm, I'm working my way to riches, you know. 
So in, in your book, you have a dedication on one of the early pages, um, and you dedicate the book to Lewis and Michael J. Owens. Who are they? Oh, it's my grandfather who passed, and my, my okay, Lewis is my grandfather, and Michael is my uncle who recently passed in 2018. Mm. Yeah. And uh, did you get to spend time with them in, in your lifetime? My grandfather, no, I've never met him. He passed before I was born. However, you know, he's a pretty cool guy, the stories that I hear. So I just was like, you know, I'm going to put him in my book. I mean, why not? <laughs> Plus, it's just family, you know. So yeah, and my yeah. uncle, I miss him. And I seen him about a week or so before he passed. He lives in my hometown, which is Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where he lives mm. in my hometown, which is Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And we had visited for, I believe, spring break or something like that. And then after we came back out here, he passed. So. Mm. Yeah, sorry to hear that. I, I, I figured uh, they were important to you. And um, I, I thought that was a nice thing that you did to honor them with your first book. Yeah. Um, so and you're, and another cool thing about your book is that your grandmother wrote the foreword, right? Yes. Yes. What, uh, how did you come to that choice? You know, so many, you know, I wonder, you know, if I wrote a book, who would, who would I have do it? And, and a lot of times the author does it themselves. What went into your choice to have your grandmother write it for you? My grandmother is honestly my biggest inspiration. Like she, I, I don't really like people don't, can't really, um, do something or say something and it makes me be like oh yeah I'm gonna do you know this and this like no it doesn't really work like that for me but when it comes to her it's just the simple fact that she cares and loves through so much trauma and damage that people do to her and it's just like I I can't appreciate that more so to honor her you know I just want to have her everywhere that she can be before her time is gone. You know, I mm. very much love my grandma. She has medical problems going on. So I just try to honor her, you know, and respect her. I will always respect my family regardless. But yeah, I love my grandma very much. We're very close. She describes in the foreword uh, your first day of middle school and finding you on the floor with, you know, in a pool of blood and saliva. Uh, what what that was was that your first epileptic uh, episode? Yes, that was my first grandma. I've been having what we call myoclonics, which are like small blackout seizures. I've been having those since I was very young. However, I never knew what they were, so we've been ignoring it since I was oh, like wow. four. And then when I finally got to about sixth grade. I had my first episode because the thing about epilepsy is you cannot rush yourself ever. Like you just can't do that. You cannot wow. deal with loud stuff. You just, you just can't like you have to work at your own body's pace. You, It's like you're forced to be a good human. Like if you get what I'm saying, like <laughs> you're forced to heal yourself, be good with yourself because all that, sh because look, <laughs> when I was in sixth grade, and just kind of like in fifth grade too. I was a fighter. 
I like to fight a lot. I was getting in trouble all the time. And so, I, you know, I, you know, epilepsy really slapped me at the right time because I was going to get into stuff that I really had no business getting into, right? But it's just the simple fact that, you know, I'm, I'm appreciative of it, even though it's hard, because it did force me into being this, growing into this person that I wanted to become anyway. You know, I, I, I'm tired of dis, disrespecting my childhood self. I don't want to do that mm. anymore. So, you know, I decided to really sit down and introspect and see all my stuff and just grow you know, but epilepsy is just so, it's very hard and people don't understand that. But the first episode was, it was a nightmare. And, and what does it feel like? Do you just lose consciousness and all of a sudden you wake up? You know, what does it actually feel like? Are, are you afraid during it? Do you have no idea what's going on until you wake up? Well, I have, three different seizures. I have uh, myoclonics, I have grandma's, and I have staring seizures. However, it feels, yeah, it feels different every time. Because my first seizure, my first couple of seizures, and they're usually, you know, the grandma, when I have them, it feels like I'm getting electrocuted with the highest, um, Mm. I don't know what that's called, voltage. But it's just like, it's so pain. It's the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. And I thought I was going to die my first seizure. So I was trying so hard to grasp on to anything I could before my body shut down because it, shut it shuts down one by one. Like right now, my arm is is just done with because I fell like two days ago. I was I was having a seizure and my arm is really messed up right now. So Wow. Can't really move it. So in terms of um, the uh, content of your book, just to just to move forward a little bit, you you have so many interesting questions. Uh, For instance, you reference Plato's allegory of the cave, which I remember learning about in college. So I then the first time I heard about it was in college. So I'm I'm wondering how you you know, you're 16. You're pretty young. Where did you hear about the allegory of the cave? YouTube, <laughs> honestly, I'm very, um, I, I'm very, I like to self-educate myself because I don't really appreciate the systematic ways of learning. So I, I simply just choose to self-educate and I really appreciated his, you know, um, oof, the way that they animated the video that I seen, it was mm-hmm. very um, easily easily processed because another thing about epilepsy is it it, it caused every time you have a seizure it causes brain damage and it's very hard to remember stuff so it a lot of the ways that i articulate things is very severed and a lot of the ways that you know i bring things back up try to remember things is very hard for me but i try to you know function regular however it's um yeah it was very interesting to see the video and it was talking about how this man was just it well you've seen it but i'm just saying it because i'm on a podcast but it was just talking about how the man was in the cave and this was all they're used to right so this man was like you know what uh, no like i'm about to leave so <laughs> go see something and he went to go see the outside world and then that's when he came back and then these guys just rejected him because he was 
telling them something that they refuse to believe. And mm. it was very interesting to me because a lot of humans are like that. They are so used to that. They, they love to stick with only what they're familiar with because they're scared. Humans mm. are very fearful creatures. Yeah, it was very interesting to me because a lot of the humans that I know um, are very damaged, to say the least, you know, and it's mm -hmm. just when you're damaged, you, you know, the natural response is insecurity and embarrassment or, well, yeah, honestly, it's that. Yeah. And when you go through that, you know, you don't really want to hear about stuff that you've done. And, you know, honestly, you get scared of yourself. You really do. You, you, you start to create this fear in mm. yourself. And it's like, you cannot do that. Oh. You just can't. Because when you're scared of yourself, nothing else around you will go right at all. At all. Yes. It just won't. We are our own temples and we are the people who have to get a grasp of everything. That's why when people, you know, come to me crying like, oh, he did me so bad. I'll just be like, <laughs> okay. Like, I mean... You're, you're supposed to be secure enough in yourself to expect, to know that people are not going to show up for you. It's just mm. not going to happen. Family, you know, as people, we are we, we might obligate each other to show up and be there and whatnot. But as humans, that's not how we are in nature. We're very selfish. We're very scavenger, you know, stuff like that. So it's just like... Yes. I thought it was such a great reference that you put in the book, The Allegory of the Cave, especially for your age. I, I mean, like I said, I learned about that in college. You <laughs> you also reference another Greek philosopher, and I'll, and I'll pose the question to you in just a second, but you reference uh, Socrates. And, obvious, and, and of course, the story with Socrates is that uh, he, they, he was charged with corrupting the youth and heresy, and he was uh, condemned to death. And even though he had the opportunity to escape, he chose to die. He chose to value the state's um, mm -hmm. wishes, basically. So I pose the question to you. What, what would you have done or what would you do if in that same situation where you could escape, would you drink the hemlock and take the charges as they're given or would you escape? I would escape. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just can't. Like, because... I know because I mean back back then you know they they in, in his situation that that's what I'm trying to say in his um situation he was unknowledgeable. However, your body speaks to you before you can. Your body knows has all the answers. It literally has all of the answers before the actual person inside the body mm. can uh, process the answers. It, it's just true. That's why you know when you have an off feeling, so to say. It's your body telling you that there's it, it, it's it's seen this before. And even if it hasn't seen this before, it's very unfamiliar and it doesn't it, it's it wants to be a, it wants this, you know, whatever the off thing is, it wants that to be avoided. Right. And people don't listen to their body. They're like, well, I came for this, so I don't care, you know. Right. <laughs> and it's just like, no, like that's why you wonder why you get into all these situations, because you're not listening to yourself. <laughs> people aren't, you know, actually hearing themselves like they, they, they hear themselves, the ignorant part, but they're not listening to the part that's actually trying to help them because it's stopping what they want to do. And it's like 
I get that we have our desires and everything, but you can't go weeping and whining after it happens. Like, no, I don't, <laughs> you know, after you do something that you regret, I, I, I understand, I fully understand, but crying about it is, it's not going to get you nowhere. It's about healing from the situation, right? Mm -hmm. But anyways, with him, (laughs) him, I would have escaped because it's like, I know that I'm unknowledgeable, right? I don't, I don't know anything. People aren't teaching me nothing, but I'm, I have this feeling, right? My body is, you know, rejecting everything that's around me. So why would I stay in a situation that my body Mm -hmm. isn't comfortable with? Like, this is what my body is what I have to live in. So I have to take care of it. I have to agree with it and become and and unify myself with my body. So if my body is saying no, I got to go. If if you had uh, the ability or the power to time travel, where would you go? What? And when I say where, I guess that I am talking geographically, but also time wise. Where where would you like to go? I oh, where would I go? Honestly. It's a few places, but (laughs) it's just, it's no place like home, right? And Mm. I've just been out of my home for so long. I would honestly go back to my home in like the time of, I'd say, Generation X, right? Mm. I'd go back there. Yeah. I don't really like my generation. They're very um, ignorant because I believe that technology is the, the devil. Like, it's a blessing, but it's a curse. It's just, it, it's oh, yeah. so much that's, that's not needed to be spread. And it pressures these young kids. It, it, it's really bothering our youth. Like, I've never seen, I don't know. It's just crazy. But I just don't really appreciate my generation, right? So I go yeah. back to there, but I don't want to go all the way back because I am a girl and I am <laughs> um, multiracial. So I don't want to deal with all that discrimination and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. How would you describe uh, American culture today? So, you know, for example, I can I can imagine other cultures around the world and I see the contrast between them and our culture. But I. I struggle to describe American culture. How would you describe American culture? I struggle so hard, but in my environment, my, um, hmm, how do I say that? Because in the black community, we're very unprotected, right? So it's just a lot that goes on there and that people don't know about. So I would describe American culture overall in my, um, you know, view, it's just, it's just like, (laughs) it's just a conform to society. If I'm being honest, like everybody is just conforming to Mm. what they are, are claiming so hard to be against. And it's just not true. Like you're, you're what, let's say, what's the new status quo? Sex, violence, drugs, you know, you see that everywhere on social media. That that's their status quo. And I'll just right. be like, dude, like that's why. Like, really get out here and live. Like, it's other stuff out here to explore, people to see. You know, I know you you, you know, trauma will cause you to have a, a a feel towards whatever or cause you to act a certain way, right? But you know, you y'all on social media hyping growth so much. 
it, it's fake. <laughs> Y'all are fake, literally not genuinely growing because yeah, you can acknowledge your wrongs, but it's not the same thing as healing them. Because I did that for years. I thought I was so healed just because I finally could admit that I did something wrong. And that's just not true because I still have all these issues going on. Right. And it's just like, okay, now I have to understand the ins and outs of those. Now I have to analyze that childhood trauma. Where did that derive from? You know, Mm -hmm. people not doing that. They're not taking care of themselves. Therefore, they're not taking care of other people and other things. So it honestly, it's just American. And then on top of that, we have the the elite who wants to capitalize everything. So everybody, you know, has to struggle for this and that. So it's just like American culture is very. hmm, I'm I'm trying to think of a word to describe it. It's just very um, hostile, I would say. Mm. Yeah. Wow. You are uh, so enlightened for being so young, uh, whatever path you're on, please continue this. It's like, uh, just seriously. Um, anyway, uh, Thank you. so you, in your book, you, um, you talk of, you give a question, you give a question out and you say, if you were a billionaire, what would you do? So I, I pose that question to you. If you were a billionaire tomorrow, what would you do with that wealth? And what would you do in this life? Mm, if I was a billionaire tomorrow. I would take care of my family first. Simple. That's just what Mm -hmm. I would do. I would, you know, buy my mother a house, buy my grandma a house, my sister, my uncle. And then because those are my close family, my uncle's children and his wife, the the uncle who passed his children and his wife, I would get them a home and have them be all okay, Right. And then um, I'd get myself all right. And then I'd invest. I'd just get everything that I need to get done first. And then we can, you know, go on the shopping spree and start looking cute and all that <laughs> extra stuff. I'm not I'm not the type of person who's going to sit there and spend my money on stupid stuff first. Like, I don't get people who do that. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> just not. <laughs> so... Uh, you also reference uh, the show Shark Tank, and, and it seems like it's influenced you, and it it turned you on to starting businesses and to uh, being productive. What what do you like about the show? And yeah, first you can tell me that. What do you like about the show Shark Tank? I love that it's just like it's very inclusive even though they're like, you know, kicking people off the show and being all rude. <laughs> but it's very inclusive and it gives you a lot of insight to how reckless the business can be, reckless business um industry can be. And I love Kevin because he's so heartless. Like he just be like, <laughs> like nothing is ever going to cry for you. And I just be like, right. So every time I catch myself crying over something, I make it known that I do have to feel my human emotions because suppressing them will only make them come out in different ways. Right. But I can't weep over this. This is just it's nothing is going to come of it if I weep and cry. Mm. You know, it just gives me a lot of a lot of the insight that I like. Plus, you know, it has the little sprinkle of drama in it. So, (laughs) yes. um, So if, uh, you know, I don't know. uh, if I were to get a phone call right now, somehow some uh, somebody knows I'm talking to you and I get this phone call and, and they say, hey, Alan, we need you to give this message to Alexandria. 
uh, she she's going to come on Shark Tank tomorrow. Let's say that happened. What would you what would you pitch if if you had the chance tomorrow? Obviously, I don't expect you have a, a good answer. I, I don't know that you've thought about it, but if yeah, you know, forced into a corner like that with this opportunity, just off the top of your head, what what would you pitch? What would I pitch? Um, I mean, I have a, a clothing line in the works, so I guess I would mm. do that. But <laughs> I don't really do like big inventions and all that. I really love science. <laughs> I do, but mm. I don't. I, I I'm I'm not a technical person. So, so you I also... wouldn't I wouldn't create nothing that Kevin likes because he'd be like, it needs to be big, <laughs> it needs to be something that would sell, and I just be like, <laughs> I mean, I guess you can already hear that rejection coming from Kevin. I really could. <laughs> you also uh, seem to be influenced and motivated and inspired by Ellen. What has Ellen inspired you to do or how has Ellen uh, empowered you? Well, when I was first diagnosed with epilepsy, it was a really depressing time for me. So, you know, I just needed something to make me laugh. And Ellen, I would watch her all the time. And I very much like, I just, love Ellen like a lot like I don't support her team because I really think the business industry is very shady so I don't really support nobody in in that you know whatever mm. but I I um separate the person from the business right so right. I was just like she's really like cool like I like her she's very inclusive she's very she diversifies her shows you know she makes sure that she's bringing in people, just different people, you know, people that you don't really hear of, you know, they, I mean, of course they had to have some type of platform for her to hear for about them. However, it's just, she really vengeance for the people who don't have a chance. And I really like that, Mm. you know, and it's just, she's cool. (laughs) She's just a really cool person. And she looks like my cousin. (laughs) Uh, I, I'm not sure if you say it in your book, but I got the impression that Ellen, you know, Ellen is a lesbian and I believe uh, you, I, I'm not sure, but you're, you're also a lesbian, right? Right. And did Ellen in any way influence you in that sense, in the sense that you can feel proud or not ashamed or, or feel weird about it? No. <laughs> I mean, she didn't influence that. I, I really look to her when it comes to that because I very much appreciate how she was because she was, you know, hidden for a long time. Yes. Yes. So I was just like, you know, like she's very brave for that. Right. But I, mm-hmm. you know, that wasn't hard for me at all. I was just like, yeah, like, I'm, <laughs> you know, this is what I like. like <laughs> is there something that you're going to say about it? <laughs> Because honestly, I mean, I'm only human. That's the common denominator with everybody. And I have mm. another book coming out and it's going to have some offensive questions in there. And mm. I'm I'm not worried about it at all. Like, I'm just not because humans like we just love like this is what I'll say about American culture. We are a country that is in denial, like so in denial about a lot of stuff, about just human feelings, human thoughts. You know, human curiosity right. about, you know, politics. I don't really get into that too too deep because, hey, right? Mm. But that, they're so in denial when it comes to 
you know, like race. I don't believe in race. I just don't. I believe it was something that was created to divide. And people, mm. you know, in America capitalizes off of it all the time, all the time. And people like to make a huge deal out of race. What you do is you need to stop saying, oh, like screaming about your skin color. Yeah, it's unfair. Don't, don't, don't get it twisted. Right. But it's unreal in my eyes. The, the race factor is very unreal. What's real is the discrimination. What's real is the capitalization. Mm. You know, all of yes. that stuff is very real, you know, and they're doing it over and over and over. And people that that's what people need to speak up about, not mm. your skin color, because that's all they're going to keep talking about is your skin color. It's unreal. It, it's not real. You know, we're human. The human race is what's real. You know, that's what you can say is real. Yeah, you might have black skin. I might have light skin, but it doesn't matter. You know, we're all human at the end of the day. Why are we saying that, you know, you're black? Why are we dividing each other even more? That's unnecessary. Yeah, the differences, um, they're important, of course, all these differences uh, among us. Um, of course, and it's, of course. And it's such a, it's, it's such a Remember bummer. Remember the culture. Remember the culture behind your skin color, you know, or behind, mm -hmm. you know, your ethnic. Remember that, of course. But the skin color alone, race alone is just, no, it's something made to divide, I promise. So you feel very empowered, you know, as, as an individual, you're, you know, in your, in your womanhood, in, in your sexuality and, and the way you look. Um, have you always had this positive um, sense of, of, self-regard have you always felt positive positively about yourself or were there years where you wondered you looked at yourself in the mirror and didn't like what you saw i'm glad you've asked this question actually yeah when i was um i say i just recently started loving myself like ninth grade so that was mm like two years ago, I very much did not like myself. I've made terrible decisions. However, what's funny is I'm a hypocrite because the stuff that I used to do, I really don't like people around me who do that. And it's just <laughs> that I'm being a hypocrite about it. It's just that I don't want to relapse into any old bad habits. When you have negative people around you, they're going to rub off, you know, mm -hmm. but it was a time in my life which really honestly was all my life for real until like I said, ninth grade that I just really was not happy with myself. I was very um, uh, insecure. I was a little on the chubbier side, but I wasn't fat. I wasn't like overweight type. Like, no, I was just chunky. You know, I had like just skin. <laughs> so mm -hmm. people would bully me for it, all type of stuff. And they were mainly boys. And boys, you know, besides, on top of that, I've had sexual abuse in the past. So I have this subconscious, like, hate for boys. That, that mm. And I'm really trying to heal it because I know it's not fair. It's not fair, right? But I, you know, it's just there. So I, I, I very much look to women. I love women so much. I think... <laughs> Now, regardless of my subconscious hate towards boys, I think girls are better. I'm sorry. I mean, they just, <laughs> they just, um, I mean, either way, you know, boy or girl, we can be very bogus individuals, right? But mm -hmm. as a woman, you know, 
we can bounce back from a whole child out of our body. Like, that's amazing to me. When you see women, you know, getting money versus men, women, you know, who, who have families, you know, typically they go and, you know, spend it on their family first, right? They take it to, you know, everybody or all their loved ones or whatever before they want to spend it on themselves. Or, or you yes. know, they, they do like their house or whatever, you know, they're paying their bills. You know, boys, they get a, a good loan of money. They want to go buy bottles <laughs> or some. They like, hey, you know, we put turn up. And, you know, that's cool for a good time, but where are you in the long run? You know, but honestly, yeah, it's just... It took a lot for me to love myself. And honestly, it was all about, I, because for me, what I'm grateful of is I, I'm grateful that I grew up in isolation just because of the simple fact that I know too many people who just cannot be alone. Like they depend on people so much to supply something that they are continuously denying within themselves. And it's just like, you will never be happy like that. You just won't because you're not loving yourself. Your body isn't feeling it from you, from your spirit. It's not unified with your spirit. So it's never going to feel love. It's just going to feel like, okay, I'm being used again. Like, wow. Okay, great. Like that was a good time. Okay, cool. Right. Now what's next? You know, and I, and I know that better than anybody, you know, so I, I try not to judge girls who, or, or boys who just, you know, move hurt, who move in a way that is showing that they're traumatized, that they have been hurt before. I try not to judge them, but I don't want that around me just because I've been there before and I don't want to go back to that. But I will always listen to anybody who is going through something. I don't care if it's Mm. Donald Trump because everything derived from somewhere, everything. So, you know, Donald Trump is crazy as ever. You know, he's, I don't really mess with him like that, but he is like that for a reason. I mean, everybody is like that for everybody's the way that they are for a reason. Like I said, the common denominator is that we are all human. So mm. I just try to keep it, keep, keep the peace. Do you think that people complicate their lives? Could, could people Ooh. stand to, <laughs> could people stand to simplify things? Oh my, I'm so happy you asked that. That's like my main like mantra in my life. I just be like, it is what it is. Like, stop making it so complicated. Because, oh my gosh, like if humans were to stop being so dramatic, do you know how easy it would be to get over stuff? It would be so like, okay, for example, you know, a liar, like somebody who likes to lie a lot, you know, who's insecure about stuff that they do. So they lie about it. They are lying because not only are they insecure, right? They don't want to be exposed. They don't want to be embarrassed. But this is what they're thinking in their head. Oh, my gosh. Like, bro, if I tell her, you know, she going to think this to me, bro. I'm just not going to tell her. Like, duh, what? Like, why would I even tell her that? Like, no, she going to think this to me. She going to do this. She going to over. She going to do all. Like, that's what they start to think, right? And it's like, yeah, that might be true, but you can leave. And what's so bad about being alone? It's nothing Mm. bad about being with yourself because yourself is the one who knows how to take best care of you. So it's like when you get to know yourself, 
and you learn how to really take care of yourself, I swear that's the best feeling because you get no other better love. Now, it's going, you know, for those who crave love and other people, it's going to get frustrating once you do love yourself and ain't nobody trying to love you back, you know. But, I mean, that's just, that's that own mm. problem. But when it comes to making stuff complicated, I swear humans do it all the time because it's just like, yeah, if you have if you have a safe place to live your truth, right? I'm, I'm emphasize a safe place. Then the worst that that person can honestly do is leave. That's literally the worst that mm. they can do. So what's the problem? What's the problem? It's something within you. You have to. People have to look at themselves, and they refuse to do it. They refuse to do it till the ends of the earth, to the ends of time. And it's just like. I mean, I guess I'm breaking that cycle in my family. Yeah, at me. Like, that stops at me. I'm not putting no trauma in my children's DNA. That's just not happening. Because mm. I'm I'm going to make everything simple for them. I mean, it's life is never going to be easy. That's what humans try to do all the time. They try to make stuff easy. And that's impossible because life is made to be hard. Human rights are capitalized. So what do you think? Like, like I can't even go in a restaurant and have a right to some food. That's what they say that we have right to, but they capitalize it. And that's that, that that's wrong, right? So when you finally just be like, okay, I live in a in, in a country or you know, just world in general that's honestly full of sin, but what can I do to make this work for me? It's like school. It's like making you, you know, trying to make a um assignment as simple as possible. And it's so easy. Once once you get that, once once you master getting it, uh, once you master like your own study skills, it's it ends up being so easy for you, right? It's it's not gonna. I mean, it ends up being simple. It's not gonna be easy, but it it it, it ends up being simple. And that's what you can do in life. Like when people, like when my mom, when I'm gonna ask my mom for something, I'd be like, yeah, she's probably gonna yell at me, but I mean, I'm gonna ask her. <laughs> <laughs> like for real, you know. But if the consequence is like, oh, she probably gonna kill me, then I mean, you gotta go. Like you gotta go. You might as well not even tell her. You know, you should just be like, mm. hey, you should just text it to her. You know, sometimes you really do. Like people be trying to be all, you know, the bigger person and stuff like that, trying to talk in person. Like no, people really don't be having safe places to be honest. So it's just like once you get mm. in that safe place <laughs> then yeah you're capable of anything anything will be fine you you said something interesting or you were sort of implying something interesting it sounds like one way to uh simplify your life is to just be honest and to sort of just say what you're feeling or thinking is that what you were sort of getting at exactly the thing with me is this, this is what i say about me it said exactly how you feel it. Do it exactly how you felt that it was needed to be done. Because I, I really just do go based off of my emotions, but I'm still smart. I don't, you know, I'm I'm not just the person who be like, ah, like I just I hate him about it. Like, no, I can't. I'm not. Like, I, I can't do that because I have epilepsy. I can't even go crazy how I used to. So now I just. I have my little emotional breakdowns. I get over it. And then I'm like, okay, you know, if I can fix it, I'll fix it. If I can't, then, I mean, 
whatever. If somebody else can fix it, then I'll let them fix it. You know, it's just like I said, you know, humans genuinely do make stuff too complicated because it's like, okay, look, it's this problem, right? Is it fixable? Fix it. If you cannot fix it, you specifically, not your mom, not that. No, because you can't control them. If you cannot fix it, okay, (laughs) then chill out. If you can fix it, chill out, go fix it. And if there's nothing at all that you can do about it, okay, then just leave it alone. Don't even think about it, you know? So it's just like, that's so easy. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm trying to disregard human emotions because we're going to feel stuff, you know? However, when you feel it, don't dwell in it. That's all I'm saying, you know? And if you do genuinely, you know, feel that you need to act on this feeling, then do that. Simple. <laughs> simple. Like, it just be so simple. Like, if you have certain circumstances as a human, your emotions and whatnot might dwell longer. However, if there's nothing at all that you can do about what caused that emotion, why are you still dwelling in it? Like, okay, for example, you can feel your emotions. But why are you feeling it as if it just happened? You know? Mm. So it's just like you feel your emotions, you heal from the situation, and then you get past it. And if you choose not to heal from the situation, genuinely heal, not just simply acknowledge it or whatever. No, genuinely heal from the situation. Then, I mean, you're just going to have that little trace of trauma with you forever. I mean, regardless, if you are a traumatized individual and you have had trauma in your life, you are going to have a scar, a wound, something, something that is going to show that you have been hurt, whether it's knowledge, whether it shows through knowledge, whether it shows through, you know, it should be positive, healthy ways that you show that you have been hurt if you have healed, right? But if you are a damaged individual, you know, people express their trauma through sex, violence, drugs, you know. And, I mean, how is that genuinely yeah. being healed? A lot of the people I know, they like to be like, well, you know, I, I don't deal with that. So, and I'd be like, no, you didn't. Because why are you still drinking every day to deal with that? It's 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 not you. You're still hurt, you know, and it's okay, you know. A lot of people I know they really do be like popping pills, and they, I mean, you know. But I'd be like, yeah. it's just about fixing it. That's all. What are are there things that people take for granted in this ordinary things that people don't realize uh, are valuable? Yes. I used to take slip for granted all the time, but I'm trying to work on my gratitude. But like, for example, um, anytime somebody even speaks to me, I just say thank you. Because, I mean, I don't know when's the last time somebody could speak to me. I don't know when's the last time uh, somebody could speak to them. You know, I'm very just Mm. thankful. I just show a lot of gratitude towards life in general and just nature's course how nature takes this course. I'm very grateful for anything that's in my life. You know, I have a charter. I have somewhere to use the bathroom. I have toilet paper. Like it's, it's when I came to California, honestly, that pushed my gratitude to the max because I've never seen as many, many homeless people ever. I've never seen it. I've just never seen it. So I just be like, wow. Like, (laughs) 
So uh, you, I, I want to say you have a question in the book uh, related to play. And so I'll ask you, how important is it to play? And, and can adults play? Um, yes, I believe so. I believe it's very important to stay in touch with your childhood. It's very important because if you don't, you're going to lose yourself. Your childhood self is the most vulnerable yet purest version of yourself. And I feel that when people lose that, lose their interest that they had and, you know, stuff like that, then they lose themselves. Uh, well, yeah. What do you hope to accomplish in this life? I hope to accomplish peace. That's it. I honestly just hope to be able to get my family where they need to be and just be successful. Genuinely, I just want to, if I don't be, if I'm not successful, then I, I honestly, no, I will, regardless of whether or not I have financial compensation or not, if I reach peace, that will be the most successful I could ever be in my life. Like I would be just so happy if I just reach peace, being able to accept things that are very like hostile or problematic being able to digress those you know it's just once you master peace i just can't wait for that day (laughs) well i'm sure you'll get there Mm -hmm. um i have just one question one last question for you for now and you can answer it any way you like alexandria suzanne who the hell are you i am an artist. That's what I would say. I am an artist and I am a lover. I'm not heartless. I love people. I love nature. I'm a free spirit. Mm-hmm.